Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome one and all, weebs and casual alike. We are Baka and Company, and we're here to provide you with a deep dive into all your favorite anime, shows, and movies. We'll talk about both new and old anime and everything in between. If you have suggestions, please send them our way by giving us a tweet over at Bakako Podcast on Twitter, or sending us an email at bakakopodcast at gmail.com. On this episode, we have myself, Drew Tendo64, Element, Frank Furter, and the one and only Silver Lobo Sensei. This week we're talking about the acclaimed series Fate Zero. It originally was a novel uh, written by Gen Urobochi as a prequel to Fate Stay Night with illustrations by Takashi Takuchi. The project was supervised by Kinko Nasu, uh, and as well it was done by Type Moon and a fellow uh, developer of theirs, Nitro Plus. It had many uh, novels. It eventually became a project that UFO or UFO or UFO table uh, worked on and that came out in 2011 so there was a pretty big gap between the uh, volumes being released in 2006 and then the anime coming out in 2011. Uh, fun fact that I found out uh, was that Yuki Kajira was the composer for the films uh, of Fate uh, series as well as Fate Zero, Fate Stay Night, Heaven's F- Feel. Uh, she also composed music for Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works later on and uh, did other shows like Reservoir Chronicle Subasa, Mahime, Dot Hack Sign, and more recently, she's doing Sword Art Online. So with that, let's get into it. So uh, I wanted to start out by asking everyone, is there a particular uh, character, whether it was the, the human wizards, sorcerers, or the servants that you immediately felt a connection with? 
not immediately, um, but Ryder by the end of the series was like my favorite character by far, like not even close. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ryder was ride or die for a lot of people. I, I feel that like, Oops, I think it that. was, no, no, you're right. Uh, was... I, th- I think it was just his overall like demeanor. Yes. And that you have, you have a lot of serious characters, kind of like a uh, saber or even uh, Archer uh, that were more like they're there for a very strict reason, kind of uh, like as it played out. But Archer just kind of seemed like he was there to just have a blast. Yeah, I think Archer is probably my second favorite because oh. every other character uh, had a very either uninteresting motivation for being there or they didn't really do much. Like Saber is cool and all, but she's just there to be a knight and like be very righteous and fight. And they didn't really get into her motivations very much. Like they never really explained what her wish was meant to mean. Like she said, the salvation of her people, but like Britain's still there. So I don't know what she was wishing for. And then uh, obviously Lancer, like, you know, he's cool because he's like very, uh, you know, chivalric and wants a fair fight with Saber, but that's about the limit of his character for the most part. And obviously he has that conflict of like, women hopelessly fall in love with him which ends up ruining all of his uh his like loyalty to his king sort of thing um mm-hmm. but it was sort of very minor i think <clears throat> obviously caster is kind of a dickhead so that wasn't great um although his backstory is very interesting um i think archer was the second because he was he, he had like very clear even though his motivations were very like base like he just was seeking entertainment i guess uh I liked that he was constantly in the in the the background manipulating, uh, you know, Kirei, like to, to completely change his character, and that's probably the highlight of the show for me is how the servants and masters interact and how they change each other, which mm-hmm. I, I totally was not expecting that from this show. I thought this show, because I, I know very little about Fate apart from like just randomly like clips of the animation because it's you know very renowned for that. I just thought it was going to be more of a fighting anime. And like some random exposition bullshit in between, you know. Um, so I was quite surprised that this was probably the most uh, enjoyable thing I got out of the show was the relationships between the masters and the servants, and even the servants and each other. Like all these historical figures interacting with each other was actually super cool. Um, and I never thought I would have got that out of the show. Yeah, I, I agree with everybody that Ryder was definitely the my favorite character. I wouldn't say best, but my well, no, he, to me, he's the best character, but he's also just, <laughs> yeah, like, he's my favorite because this show tries to be super serious, and then you have this goofy character with this super serious kid, and, like, the kid's still growing up, and so, like, you know, he's like, while I may be the servant, I'm still gonna be the master and teach you shit, and then by the end of it, he's like, hey, you are now my servant, and even though I'm the servant, and the kid's like, yep, that makes sense, we're gonna go with that. You... Um, you overcomplicated and muddied up a perfectly well done story arc for those two characters, and I hate you. <laughs> well, no, I mean that's that's like the simplification for it. It's just like they kind of swap roles near the end ish, ish. But like I again, I I that's the only storyline I really cared about because like episode one is forty five minutes or some shit like that, and it just throws. Everything oh in my the fucking God. kitchen sink at you. That is the worst start to an anime I've seen in a long time. It was <laughs> 45 <laughs> minutes they throw, of yeah, just they exposition. Throw... Yeah, they expect you to know the backstory. Like, I myself watched 
Fate Stay Night, probably in a fever dream in like 2000 something. It, and... it was weird because yeah. you're right. They It felt like they expected you to be familiar with the series to give a shit about 45 minutes of this exposition. But the exposition was stuff like, if you're familiar with the series, you wouldn't need half of it. So it was like the worst of both worlds. It was 45 minutes of exposition, but also really base level stuff for people who had never seen the series. It felt like to me, um, that was goddamn. I mean, I'm glad I got past it and like watched the rest of the series, but that was a rough start. Yeah, it's like, here are the top three oldest families that are mages. Uh, they all have last names or first names that start with a T or a K. <laughs> so you're going to get them confused the entire series. Uh, one is a guy who's a priest, and then they're going to collude with another family. And then the priest's dad is, like, the overseer. But then, like, you know, he ends up, like, like fucking... I don't... Just... This show tried to be so serious and have, like... For the most part, it did have a pretty thorough plotline for everybody but like and i enjoyed a majority of it but like i like looking back at it now it's just like the last two episodes ruined the entire show <laughs> just straightforward the last two episodes can like lick a butt cheek <laughs> what, what were you saying about uh you watching uh stay night drew so when I first watched Fate Stay Night, it was on a recommendation of a friend that was just like, hey, this is a really interesting show. So back in the day, it was all like fan or fan subs. Mm. So like it was very poorly done. I, I missed a lot. And then when I got to this one, it started piecing things together. And I was I wasn't fully aware it was a prequel. And then to me, oh, was it a prequel that? Yeah, Fate Zero is, sorry. Ooh. Zero is a prequel of Stay Night. Okay, I didn't know that. I mean, I'm watching So it kind of... Let's it, not it, get it, into the timeline, please. <laughs> it's just this timeline. I mean, it's very, <laughs> it's very simple. Zero is the story that we never knew about. From yes. the Fate Stay Night original show, they referenced this first battle a lot in regards yes. to uh, Emiya's father, who is... Um, I'm slipping on his name, but... Uh, Kiritsugu? Uh, yep. So, uh, it referenced that a lot, and like, okay, cool, it'd be nice if we saw this fight, and they're like, cool, we're gonna do it. Fate Zero is that. And then, instead of being like, this is the prequel to that one, they're like, we made a much better version of this, with better arts and a better story, why not just mm -hmm. continue it and be like, here's the version that makes more sense, and let's tweak a few things that we didn't like from the original which the next the Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works does that and it does a great job of being like cool, these two things that made zero sense we fixed it, and so it does a good job. There's essentially two Fate Stay Nights and one is like a, a I guess a, a retcon or a remake of the original. Yeah, Stay Unlimited Blade Works. Yeah, Unlimited Blade Works is like a a cleaned up like what they could have done with the budget that they wanted. Oh, I like, see. Okay. It's it's kind of like what Evangelion's going through right now, right? With all their movies. Yeah, I, I always feel like I see like the Fate series pop up on you know the anime Reddit like all the time, and they all have different names, and I literally have never bothered to learn, you know, how they fit together. Sort of like the the Monogatari series, although that's a bit more straightforward, I think. Um, well, I f I found um, like one of the things that attracted me to Fate Zero, obviously, was like, oh, I recognize this kinda. Um, but it was it was some of the trailers with 
like the quick little fight between Saber and Lancer and just how fluid that looked. Yes. Like I'm in, I'm, I'm a hundred percent in. And then obviously when we get into the series uh, and you get into more of those fights and they get bigger, they get crazier. You have demons being summoned from the netherworld and everything. And even just the, the fights with Berserker, like I, I don't think we talked about him yet, but Berserker is like my low-key favorite villain. Like, I don't care about anyone else, and I don't care about all these subplots, and I'm going to destroy your family lineage. I have bugs in my skin. No. Berserker. He's my favorite. I I wish he wasn't CG. I think the last fight, when you know they reveal who he is, that's pretty cool. But um, I think a lot of it, he's like super CG and... I think his introduction is good when uh, Saber and Lancer are fighting at the warehouse and then he fights Gilgamesh and he like fucking catches his sword and parries him. That's pretty dope. That's like a good introduction. But like the middle fight where he's like, he uses the jet as his like phantasm. That one. Oh yeah. That one kind of sucks for me because like (laughs) none of the, neither of the, the the planes had any sense of weight or like obeying the laws of physics. That's true. And it was just like a bit absurd to watch. Um, spaceships yeah and i mean obviously it's all like you know ridiculous fantasy stuff but um especially for me when i when i like i love you know dogfighting that sort of thing um so when they were they were gonna do that i'm like oh shit that's pretty cool and then it was just like nonsense pretty much like that just went too fast for the eye to see um so i was like oh that's all right i guess although the (laughs) the I guess the the culmination where Saber finally uses a phantasm is pretty fucking dope. Yeah, like so. Just kind of on the topic of the like fights of the show, it's like two seconds of fighting, and then it's like fifteen minutes of dialogue, and then like maybe <laughs> another two seconds of fighting. It's just like when Drew, you're like, "Hey, make sure you pick out your favorite fight." I was like, "Wait, there were fights in this show." That... Like, literally, like, the way uh, freaking Ryder goes out, like, that fight literally lasts five seconds. He charges Lancer, or, no, he charges Archer, and Archer just gets him. That's it. That That's a good point. Like... I, I remember watching this show and thinking, man, this feels like a, like a 2010 anime. Like, this is what anime, like, nowadays we have shows like Jujutsu Kaisen and, you know, uh, One Punch Man and Mob Psycho and all those sort of shows. I mean, that was all, literally all Mapper, I think. But, um... Like, that's the standard of show that we've gotten nowadays, and I think people are starting to get used to, this is how good anime can be, and I think this is what we should expect. Whereas, like, when they were first, like, when One Punch Man first aired, that phenomenon was just because it was just so good, and there wasn't all that bullshit in between, um, which was, like, really refreshing. And watching this was like, man, this is how anime used to be. I remember this shit, and it's, like, why I I didn't watch a lot of, like, shonen and stuff, because it was, you know... One guy doesn't move, the other guy doesn't move, and then everyone's like, oh, he just did this move. And then they explain how the move works for, like, a minute. And Jujutsu kind of does that, but they actually do a funny way of, like, explaining why that's, like, why it happens in-universe. Like, it powers up the move if you explain it sort of thing, which I thought was really cute. Um, but yeah, this, this anime yeah, just reminded me of that stuff. It is It is a bit older in that sense of just, like, kind of a layout, but at the same time, like... Even the fight scenes themselves, other than uh, Saber using her fa- uh, phantasm to defeat uh, Caster, none of the fights really intrigued me. Like there was nothing special about it. I don't know if it was the budget or what. I think, but like, I think uh, Saber I know, versus Lancer was like a genuinely good fight. Their their first fight, like there was yeah, yeah the, there was that good... one actually. 
Yeah. That was good. That had some meat free. to it. Yep. I that mean, had meat to it, it and then everybody a... decided to show up and it's like, okay, cool. Now it's just another talk fest. Well, with Saber, it becomes a bigger issue because her master is an actual assassin and he would rather kill the master than have the servants yep. fight. So she couldn't get the fight she wanted. Like whenever her and Lancer would fight, was the first time it was interrupted because Ryder and everyone else showed up. And the second time they actually started fighting, it was interrupted because uh, the master died. So that's fun. Yes, brutal shit. I I also wasn't aware that this this show was like um so dark and brutal, um because obviously all I'd ever seen of it was just like, you know the various fight scenes and like often like funny clips like when uh, Ryder's in the house with his shirt on, um like oh yeah those, yeah because he likes that video game yeah like those are the sort of clips that uh, you get posted to Reddit so that's the only context I had for the show so seeing this and like. They fucking kill a, a kid. <laughs> like, when I introduce uh, uh, Ryo Nisuke, the caster's master. Like, holy shit. Yes. Because, I'm like, shows never do that. They never show you people killing kids. But this show really killed a lot of kids. May I introduce you into a movie called It? Mm. Anywho. But, yeah, yeah. No, like, it is dark. And, I mean, they, they definitely set a tone pretty early with that, uh, with caster's reveal. But, I mean, again, other than maybe Lancer and, uh, wow, Saber's uh, battle, like, there was no meat to any battle. Because, like, yeah, even the jet scene between Archer and Berserker, it was just, like, what? Mm, it, um, it just kind of... Well, just... it also has to do with the characters, because Caster is not even caring about anything going on. So, he's oh, yeah. out, he's not going to fight. Archer is too far up his own ass, and he b- <laughs> thinks everyone's below him, so that's why he doesn't even try. Ryder uh, is all about the fight, and unfortunately, the only person he actually fights is Archer. But that's also the only person he respects the most in this entire fucking thing. Saber and Lancer are the only ones that get a decent fight, and even then, it does never last to the point where they there's any like fulfillment for us as the viewers. And the assassins get wiped out instantly. Mm. So we get I think nothing. also there's like um I think there's a false tone set at the start of the series by um Lancer and Saber's fight. I I thought that was gonna I was quite impressed by especially for like a two thousand and ten anime. Like this was obviously UFO table, so I I know their lineage now with Demon Slayer out, like they're capable of great stuff. Um but I sort of expected like a level of choreography um and planning to the fights that just didn't happen for the rest of the series except for maybe um Kodomine and Kiritsugu's final fight I think that had like some level of choreography but a lot of the fights just came down to like I'm gonna power up my sword and shoot a lightning thing at you and that was like the end of the fight sort of thing like whenever Archer would fight it's dope when he summons the, the gates of Babylon and all the swords but he's not actually doing mm-hmm. anything he's just shooting swords at the dude um there's like not really any choreography, which is the sort of stuff I like to see. It was still like pretty hype, you know, especially with the. I quite enjoyed the soundtrack. It was like, um, very uh, very hype. But yeah, it, it, there was a lack of choreography going forward from that fight onwards. Yeah, you all said that you guys really enjoyed. Like, uh, was it? You said Archer as a character, correct? Yes. If so 
I don't know how. Like I, his character was so like as you said, far up his ass that like it made me give two shits less. Yes, he was. <laughs> like he was, he was, he was the evil villain that didn't die that you wish had died. Like he yeah, needed to die and he just didn't but die. And it was the just, thing with him is he, he, you know, he's all about like I am better than you. But he fucking shows up. He's like, yes, I am better than you. He doesn't have to like put effort into a fight. So like he's very cool, and the way he like he doesn't care about his master. But this guy somehow intrigues him, and they become friends. Like, legitimately, by the end of this, they are friends, and they are not master and servant. They are partners. And that's pretty fucking weird coming from the guy who's like, I am better than everyone. And he takes this other guy on as his retainer of sorts. I'm just going to put it out there. Just fucking Archer, he's just a camper. He's just a camper in a video game. <laughs> like he just sits back. He's like, "Cool, pew." And it's like, "You approach me, okay, cool. I can just summon a lance behind you and pew." Like, no, I, I he was okay for all intents and purposes. Yes, he is, quote unquote, better than everybody. But his character just sure. But was not and the other thing really. is, you're you're missing one thing. His name's Archer. Archer, he's going <laughs> to stand there and shoot you. That's his no, entire I, thing. <laughs> I thought you were gonna make like an Archer Danger Zone reference or something. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Danger Zone. Also, like Anyways. the other thing is he's Gilgamesh. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, I liked um like very early on, Ryder sort of says, "I think I know who you are," uh, but he doesn't actually like you know confirm it. Um, yeah, because like that, apparently cool. there's a th- there's a thing with the servants where there's a respect to everyone's identity. So like unless they're given they don't outright say who they are so yeah, like that's it, why that's why their whole thing with saber and lancer like they didn't want to say who they each were to each other unless they get to that point and even if they knew what the other person's name was they wouldn't say it because it's it's a respect thing for them yeah so here's here's some oh go for it uh well i was just gonna say my 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 reading on it was that they they were aware they are aware of how the holy grail war works um, in terms of like, if you know my name, you know what my abilities are roughly and what my noble phantasm might be. So they never reveal their names because then it's harder for you to, because they make a big point of that early on in the series. So yeah, even though... but the other thing is for them in, for them as servants, cause they know about it, even if they do know it, like what, what, um, Ryder did, he knew it was Gilgamesh. He yes. had that thought, but he's like, for respect, I won't say it. Yes. I can't. Uh, That's I think the entire thing. I think most of the, because a lot of the servants are like from that era of like knighthood and kings and stuff. They're like very, they tend to be very honorable. Um, so they wouldn't say that. But I'd be curious if like there's some other character in some other series that like just doesn't give a shit, you know, from a different yeah, era, and, and would just say that. This is and and this. Is... Hmm. He was Archer. He was uh, Rio. Uh, he was like the royal family's servant. Um, but you're right. He was a little like I'm gonna do what I want because I want. I'm gonna prove like how powerful I am. And from what I remember, he was he was pretty cool. The way this one or the Unlimited Blade Works. Sorry, sorry. Unlimited Blade Works. Archer. Unlimited Blade Works is a ve- it's uh it's a mind fuck for that one uh, unless you already know like the entire uh, layout of the story. But that guy he very much was just like I will obey 
but I have my own agenda. Once yes. that does yes. not, once our paths don't line up, I will betray you. And he was upfront about it, and he did not give a shit. He called Saber by her name, and it's just like, oh, this guy doesn't give a fuck. Holy mm. shit. Mm-hmm. So, but here's what I want to focus on. Everybody's like, oh, I know you, I know you, I know you. I'm not going to say. And then Saber is like the one character in the show who's just like, I'm in the dark. I don't know who the fuck you, any of you guys are. <laughs> well, I guess it, like, it, at all. it makes sense because like, uh, you know, I guess Gilgamesh would be like thousands of years before Alexander the Great. So he would have already been like a figure of legend. And they say he's like the first hero of spirit, right? Um. So, so, yeah. so he's like already like a figure of legend by the time that someone like Alexander the Great is around, um, and so I, that makes sense that he knows. And also, Alexander like went across and conquered like half of Europe or whatever it was, so it would make sense that he would at some point be exposed to, you know, the history and that sort of thing. Uh, and then, um, Lancer is, is he Irish or Celtic or something like that. His like background. Yes. Um. Yeah, he's Celtic. Yeah, which I think is, he uses like that's before. Sorry, go ahead. Arthur's time, right? I think. Yes, everything. Yeah, just for before. him, everything was before Arthur. Yeah, um, and then Arthur. I think King Arthur's like not. He wasn't a conqueror, or she wasn't a conqueror. Um, she was very much insular in like. Actually, the... I think they were at the same time because he he knows about her. Right. So maybe they were at the same time. That's what I'm wondering, because I, you know, Alexander the Great obviously conqueror went all over the world, sort of thing. But Arthur was very much like just stayed in Britain and had her own problems to deal with, really. Like the was it an invasion of the French or whatever? I'm not awfully familiar. I don't, I don't know, but yeah, she was very much like I need to save my country, and I think it was she didn't do what I think um, what Ryder did, where he's just like, cool, let me look to see if how far I got. Let me see the history books have to say about me and what I did. She just like, my country is in peril. Who knows if it survived? And I don't yeah. think she clearly thought I'm in the future. I can find out. Yeah. I so really, like her yeah. entire <laughs> thing was like focusing on that one battle that she, I think died or failed in. And that was her entire thought process. Whereas everyone else was just like, cool. Or writers would say, it was just like, cool. How far did I get? I'm an idiot. And that's how he went. Like, all right, cool. Yeah, her motivations never made any sense to me, um, and they didn't really ex- expand on them. I don't feel like, at least not yeah enough for my taste. Like her character was the only character in the dark about anybody else in, in like her own past, and it's just like, I, I well, cause, she like, knew her own past. It's just everyone else. That's all. No, that no, 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 she no. Didn't I meant by past, I mean lineage. Because like everybody else knew, like I feel like before even looking it up, what their lineage was. Like or even alluding to them, looking it up, they knew exactly what their lineage was and what they like. What do you mean like, their lineage? Do you mean like the kids that like came after them, or like after? Not necessarily the, the history of the character, them, the history of themselves. There we go. That came after their death. So. Oh, like like it was just Alexander yeah. knew that but, he was like continued to be a, a historical figure. Is that what you mean? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's just like. How is this one character who we're focusing a lot of attention on just so in the black about everything? Well, there's only, like, two characters that give a shit. The only ones that gave a shit about that were Archer and Ryder. Ryder legitimately wants to know, did he do it? Did he reach his goal? He did not. And 
Archer's just like, I am the greatest of all time, and that's all that needs to be known. I know who I am and what I've done. Berserker is was tainted with when he was summoned, so he was fucked. Uh, Caster doesn't give a shit. He just wants Arthur because he thinks it's Jean d'Arc. And Lancer, I don't think he cares. He's His job is to just do his duty and protect his master, and that's all he gave a shit about, and that's all he even talked about, really. And that's and that's another character I want to focus on. Lancer, they have like a couple flashbacks, and it, in the flashbacks, it almost looks like him and uh, Saber were lovers in like another time. And it's just like, wait a second, wait a no. second, what's going on? That here? was that like, was, was very, that's very, very much not character. what happened. <laughs> okay, but the character design be, like in those flashbacks were so similar. I was like, wait, is that Saber? Like, what? What? What's she was, going on here? She, she was, was like very hair, much right? younger. She was brunette, oh, she and she was, was very younger than her. It was younger. I don't think it was brunette. I thought she was blonde. No, it However, was it was brunette. <clears throat> regardless, they were younger, but the character design was like so spot on. It was it was very similar. If you go back, it like huh. yeah. It to me, that's one thing that stuck out with his past and his like flashbacks, which they only gave flashbacks to like him and uh, Saber. Like there were no flashbacks for really anybody else. Did and I don't Brad, know if that was a choice or if that was like I think I think um I I'm surprised they didn't do anything about uh Caster's backstory. Right? They didn't they didn't yeah. do they didn't go into that because I, I looked it, it up. It would have been nice to see what he was kept dreaming of and thinking of for uh Joan of Arc and just see just how much they did look alike to be like, okay, I can see what he's looking at. But at the same time, I kind of hoped if they did do that, it would be a completely different looking blonde girl, <laughs> and just be like, "Okay, dude, you're reaching." <laughs> well, no, they, they they showed they showed um they showed her in one episode, right? John John the Art. I think I think when he dies, or something, like they, right. there's like they a brief moment. Yeah, he's like at a he's like at a church, and he like reaches her hand out to her, and she turns around, and she sort of looks like Saber. Um, like I can see, you know, if you're like a delusional maniac, how you would get that mixed up. Um. <laughs> I, I do think um they showed they didn't show flashback like for someone like uh, Archer whose backstory really doesn't factor into his motivations or his um his purpose you know at all uh like he he doesn't give a shit what happened in the past like he's already he's already conquered the world now it's all about the future for him uh so it makes sense that they wouldn't go back and show his backstory but I think after like looking up Caster's like real life counterpart uh and then listening to the dialogue in the show, it totally makes sense what he's saying. They just don't show it in a flashback, which is weird because the show does a really good, a really bad job of um, telling and not showing. Um, so he's like talking about how he keeps committing all these profanities before God because God doesn't exist because how could he let something like this happen to the most pure angel of God's world, which is, you know, Jean d'Arc in his eyes. And then you look it up and obviously she's burned out at the stake and, he was like one of her commanders in her army that won the war against whatever war they were fighting, the British, I think. Um, so it sort of makes sense that that's why he's doing it because like God failed him in such a profound way. And like that sort of put it in his eyes that there is no God. And then obviously I really like that uh, Ryonosuke sort of convinces him that God actually does exist, but he loves the good as well as the evil. And he's like just the script writer. So I thought that was a really compelling plot line because it was very interesting that 
the ser- the master had the influence on the servant like that, whereas I would have expected it always to be the other way around because the the servants always these like larger than life characters from myths, and then the masters are like you know just magicians or whatever, and even the caster's master is just like a serial killer guy, like he doesn't even know anything about magic, so for him to have like such a profound impact on the servant, I thought was really interesting. The other interesting thing with Caster is it's apparently, from what I remember from the other shows, it's extremely rare for a Caster to keep its master and not summon a servant of its own. Because they are already a mage or a wizard or whatever. So they have the same abilities that all of the guys who are summoning these servants can do. That includes summoning their own servant. Oh, yeah. So, like... They could have it could have summoned its own assassin or whatever was already killed to fight in the war, so they could have like two servants on one side and hope try to clean up shop. And I think in other shows or media of Fates, they did reference like this has happened before. They fucking summoned someone else and they just wrecked shop for a bit. But the I think it was something like the Grail War was canceled afterwards because of some atrocity or whatever i don't remember yeah that's something that uh, i was sort of interested in is like all the classes like i think saber says that she can be the writer class but i don't i don't know how that whole mechanic works like oh it's they all have because it's weird because they all have this different abilities that make them special kind of like uh a video game or whatever she just knows how to ri- use every vehicle because she's a knight and she would always ride horses apparently is what the reasoning for that was yeah. No, so, I thought it was. I thought that reasoning was whenever they got summoned into the world, they kind of had like a knowledge of today's technology. Well, they have so a knowledge knew... of it, but it's just that she is very specific, where she can learn how to drive a car or ride a motorcycle because of the fact that she is a mounted combat expert. I think it was. Yeah. Whereas... Yeah, she will always be able to have transportation. Exactly, and I yeah. think Ryder because of his. Because he's a conqueror and his tactical genius, his entire thing was, if you notice, he just kept reading and watching and playing all these different war game things and all this stuff. His entire thing is understanding uh, tactics and new world tactics. So that's I think his entire thing was brushing up on all of that before the battle started. Because before they even showed themselves or even fought anyone, all he did was read books and watch movies of war. And that's it. Too bad he never got to play the video game he bought. Huh. But, yeah. Um, I mean, overall for the show, to me, just... I've kind of aired my grievances. Like, I enjoyed a majority of it because I do love a good drama. And this, for all intents and purposes, is a good drama. However, with the few things... The few... The more than few things that I've pointed out, I just... I just... Ugh, it was... It was frustrating. Like, it was good, but it was frustrating because I know it could have been better. And I know that, like, I know I've watched Unlimited Blade Works and enjoyed it, but I think it suffered from a sim- Like, I don't remember much of it, and I think it suffered from a similar ending that this one did, in which the ending for this show, nobody wins. The fucking Holy Grail's a sham. It's like, <laughs> it's not this inevitable, like, in uh, this... God, I can't think of the word Omnipotent? That using, but basically, yeah, omnipotent, like powerful object that will grant you a wish no it's just like hey i'm here to just like fucking destroy yeah i think it was like a it's like a monkey's paw sort of thing yeah yeah 
It wasn't that so, it was going to destroy everything. It's just that for his wish, it would destroy everything. So for someone else with their wish, it'd be like, cool, we can do this. We're going to do this, though. And it'd be like destroying a city or killing your entire family or something like that. It's um, right. Whatever it is, you're going to get the worst of it and get what you want, even though you want all. And that's not going right, to happen. Because yep. like a lot of them are like going to choose like infinite peace or whatever. But even in that scenario, like I can think of it right off the top of my head. If you were to be like, I want there to be world peace. Hypothetically, it could be like a Thanos snap and just erase everything and you be the last person there. Well, technically there is world peace. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, but I, oh, go for it. I don't know. You, you go. I was going to say, yeah, just the fact that this, they were like also at the end, just like, Ta-da! This isn't the only Holy Grail. This was just a minor Holy Grail. There's a major Holy Grail out there that's just an asshole, too. But we'll follow you in the next season. And then, like, also just the Holy Grail, basically they make, like, the wish and to destroy the world. And because they destroy the Holy Grail as the wish is going on, it only destroys the one city. It fucking, like... It covers, like, the entire city in, like, this hot tar, essentially, killing nearly everything. That and wasn't yet... from the Wish. That was legitimately <clears throat> because they destroyed it. That okay. entire dis- destruction was they destroyed the Grail, and that's what caused that. Okay, and regard... Well, I thought it was that they made the Wish. It started it, but because no. the Holy Grail was... It... Okay. Because he... he okay, I remember, regardless. He, he finally rejected oh. the, wrist, the the Wish. Okay, regardless though, they like the thing drops hot tar on top of fucking archer and fucking priest man who's like just a son of a bitch. Uh-huh. And neither of them die. Like archer's like, yeah, I I just lost my golden shiny armor, but like, you know, I've got no mal like I've got no well, sort of scarring or anything. Like I'm fine and then the other guy's just alive because they're like, hey, like this omnipotent fucking what object happened? is like I'm going to what happened, zombie. what happened was because they were both dunked into it, that is the grail. Like, that's not tar, it's not destruction, it is the grail's essence. So what happened was, with whatever last remaining magic it had before it was destroyed, when it dumped on them, they got a somewhat small wish. Archer's wish was to conquer the world again. He can't do that as a servant, so they made it so he lasts longer. Yeah, the, and he, the other he guy actually, is just invincible because it's his master at the same time. So now, the master and servant both are like longer lasting, apparently, or something like that. So now he's tougher and can survive more. And uh, uh, Archer is actually in this world now. He's not just a servant; he is a being. Yeah. So yeah, but the 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 master though, the guy who made the wish or whatever, like he's just a zombie though. Like he doesn't have a heart. He doesn't have anything. Like it's just yeah. It's it's the, it's the thing where they both got what they wanted, but because they're a pair. Because the other thing is they explained it. The only way to get your wish is to kill all the servants. All the yes. servants need to be sacrificed. Archer wasn't, but the Grail granted whatever it could before it was destroyed. So it's basically a trade-off. Archer gets to live, technically, but the Master is reliant on Archer now, and he is technically not alive. That's all it is. It's a weird trade-off thing they did with it. Yeah, like, Archer hasn't... Ac- was... He's not a servant anymore. He's he's actually Gilgamesh in, like, flesh right. and blood. But then... Right. Uh, Kotamine is, like, you know... I guess he's the servant now, technically, because he's, like, 
not an actual living being in a sense because he's a, he's a zombie. Around. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say minus um, the whole "I want to eat your brains," but he's a zombie, for lack of a better term. I'd say I gave I gave less of a shit about the Grail plotline as the show went on, and I cared more about just I guess Ryder's storyline was what really made me want to continue watching. Um, like I was sort of curious. I was curious the whole sh- the whole time, like what Kiritsugu's wish actually was, like the details of it, because they sort of they say like he wants to save humanity or whatever but they don't really specify what they mean by save that save the world that's all he said save the world yeah and then as towards the end it sort of expands and like he says you know he wants to remove conflict and strife from the world so i'm like okay how are you going to do that because like kotomine said like conflict is human nature are you going to code out mm-hmm. the need for strife you know from human dna or whatever uh and then when he just says i wish the world peace something else oh, a bit basic and then the the growl is rightly like well i don't know what that means so all i can do is just kill like half the people in the world and probably that'll fix it i can't i can't make a wish for you that you don't know what the wish is and i'm like yeah that's a good point i mean i get that the growl's meant to be omnipotent but also like you know well it needs it needs it needs a certain amount of information right so like when like Um, when you have gilgamesh making his wish versus that right yeah so i was definitely disappointed by Kiritsugu's, I guess, the climax of his plotline, um, because it just sort of felt a bit lacking. Um, but I really like Ryder and Waver's journey. Uh, I think that was worth watching this show for. Like, I think, like, I agree with what I think Frank said that most of the show, I think, I was happy watching and sort of, I guess, the central plotline, which is Kiritsugu hunting down the Grail and winning it, was like a big letdown, and that sort of sucks because that's like the main plotline of the show. Um, yeah. So, with Fate Zero in the rearview mirror, and you're you've been indoctrinated into the mythos and and exactly what what it all entails. Like Element, are you interested in watching Unlimited Blade Works? Like, is that something you would go on to next, or you're just like, I'm good? I think I'm good. I'm glad I watched Fate Zero, um, because you know it's been around for so long, and I've it's like one of those, it's like Monogatari or like Evangelion where like everyone talks about it. Um, and like, I've always been curious about it and I'm glad I had the excuse to watch it. And now that I have watched it, um, unless like Unlimited Blade Works is more like a modern series and less like this, like less exposition, more showing stuff, which I don't think it is. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Well, it's two seasons, so it's longer than this one is, if I recall. Whoa. So... You'll get more of what's going on and they'll take a they will take their time like going through what's happening like this one feels like it just went it just started and it ended pretty quickly even with that first episode the other one it lasts a while with them fighting and like solving like who the master is or where this servant or what this servant's trying to do and all that shit yeah i don't think i'm I don't think I I will. I I'm glad. I, like I said, I'm glad I watched Fate Zero. Now I know roughly, you know, what the series is about, and I have that sort of touchstone for it. Um, but it didn't really compel me to watch the rest of Fate. Um, maybe maybe. I mean, I doubt it. But maybe if I had like a clear like watch this one, this one, this one to get one storyline, because I'm aware that like there's like multiple versions of the same storyline, like like alternate tellings of the same plot or something i'm not entirely clear on how that works but if i were to get like 
watch like now that I've watched Fate Zero, now you watch this one next, and then you watch this one next, and then you're done with the storyline. Like that might be more enticing, but I still don't think I'd watch it. Um, but I'm glad I did in the end. Also, you got to introduce the saber now because now saber is everywhere. You will mm-hmm. see saber in everything. Saber I've is everywhere. I've seen saber in fucking everything. Um, I have a saber figma. No, I'm talking about like other other animes and other. Oh, uh, okay, and okay, else yeah. Using the same fucking <laughs> template of saber, because <laughs> she is she's like I, okay, so I can't really do a specific. I just know like it's one of those things you've seen her in other things, and you're like, wait a second, this is weird. This well, ain't right. This I always see it. um I always see art. I think there's like a gacha game, right? That's like really popular. Um, so I always see art of the characters from the the game. I think it's the grand. I think it's Fate Grand Order for that one. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, the Grand Order. I think that sounds familiar. Um, yeah. So I always see art from characters' game, but I'm I never see. I never see the characters in the show. I see Saber, I guess. Like obviously, I guess she's like a continual like main character throughout the series, but all the rest of the characters I don't think really show up in the art I've seen. It's all like. I guess it becomes way more waifu simulator as the series goes on because like all the character artists are just like chicks, but I guess that's what people like drawing pictures. Well, of. for for this, it's Fate Zero, Fate Unlimited Blade Works, and that's it for the story. There's Apophrica, which is a different retelling of things that happened. If I recall, it might even be future. Uh, Grand Order is its own thing, along with there's one that's basically. Um, the fate story like this one the fate stay night and all that except it's uh the daughter that was in the beginning and then he couldn't save at the end uh it's her as a magical girl and her adventures like that oh and there's a bunch um... of other ones that are like uh a comedy one where all the characters from fate stay night are racing against each other and it's just stupid dumb shit and then uh there's also a Based on the new one, Fate on the Blade Works, there is a cooking show where it's Amiya's <laughs> cooking dinner for everybody. <laughs> I think I know what we're talking about with the magical girl. And is it the one with the pictures from? She's like in the lake, like with tears in her eyes. And oh, it's Ilya. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's Ilya. Yeah. And then there's also, they have like their own isekai uh, quartet type show that came out a while back called uh-huh. uh, Carnival Phantasm. Yep, that's and the it's, one. It's that's all the, one it's all the like... UFO table, like Fate universe-ish. And they're all just up to no good. There was one before that, which was Carnival or something like that. And it was like what I said, where they're racing. It's like Scooby-Doo when all the fucking um, Hanna-Barbera guys racing each other type thing. It's like that, except uh, it's it does that. It does like Carnival games. And it's a lot of things where they just basically screw over Lancer. Every time Lance is about to do something cool, he just gets chucked away like Team Rocket or something like that. It's <laughs> it's just dumb fun. He did get shot so pretty hard in the show. A part of me is just dying every time Drew is saying UFO table. It's it's ufotable. No, like unidentified no, flying object table. Yeah. God damn it! No, no, no. Like I know it's spelt that way, but it's <laughs> pronounced ufotable. It's just it's just. It's just what it is, Drew. I think, if anything, no, it's, it's ufotable, right? If it's Japanese. Uh, all I know is it's not UFO table. <laughs> UFO table. UFO table. UFO sure, table. but it's not like, UFO No, no, table. no. According to IGN in 2014, they say UFO table. 
I think um, there's a there's a YouTuber, um, I can't remember his name, but he's a British dude and he does like the anime recaps for the season. Um, he says Ufo to Wall. Uh, yeah, and that's that's how I've I, always heard it as as well. But I don't think that's actually how it's pronounced. I think you're right. I have heard like the actual Japanese, like the people who work there pronounce it. And it's like what Drew's saying. It's like UFO table. UFO table. UFO table, yeah. All I know is it's not UFO table. <laughs> God. <laughs> okay, just to get back to it, I gotta say, yeah. my favorite fucking scene, and I don't know if you guys agree with me on this one, my favorite scene in this entire show was the um, the meeting of the kings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for bringing that, that up. That was legit. That was actually my, best that was, that was my favorite episode. That had, like, everything I liked about the series, like, these historical characters meeting and discussing their ideologies, and it wasn't, like, a cut and dry, you're right, I'm wrong. It was, like, this is interesting to think about. Like, I... Like, Ryder is very charismatic, so, you know, you listen to him talking, you're like, yeah, he's right, but if you think about it for more than a minute, you're like, you know, he's a, like a dictator, and like, we don't like that in real life. Um, and I think Arthur is probably closest to, like, you know, a, a democratic a democratic sort of system, I think. Like, the king is for the people, and not the people for the king, um, which I think is the idealized way of looking at things. Um, but then, like, and then after they have this awesome discussion where they're, like, you know, all being respectful and, like, talking about the ideologies, then there's, like, a sick action scene with, uh, Ryder summoning his noble phantasm, and it's fucking sick. Um, the thing yeah, that, that I was... loved about this with their discussion is you get to see just how wrong each of them are with their ideals. Yes. And also how flawed they are. Like, again, you said Ryder is a dictator. He is a tyrant. He's a tyrant, yeah. But Arthur, as well off as she is, she also does not care about the people. That's her entire thing where they even point out, you don't care about what your people feel or how they think. You just know you want to give them what is best for them, what you decide is best for them. Like, he's right. Archer it doesn't really say his thing. All he says is, I own everything. Everything is mine. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, Archer, you're you're cool already, so I, I'll forgive <laughs> you for that one. But, like... That's this, this is the scene where they, those three, get an idea for each other and a respect or just a disagreement on each other's part. So, like, this is where Ryder and Archer have respect for each other with who they are. And there's, it got to the point where that's where at the end when Archer kills Ryder, he's just like, I welcome your challenge anytime. There is a massive amount of respect between those two characters. And the opposite with Ryder and uh, Saber, because the way she led her people uh, really irritated Ryder. So he's just like, yeah, uh, I don't think of you as a king anymore, and I feel like this is over now. And that's a huge thing, because the opposite is true with, or not even the opposite, but like minorly true with Archer, because he sees her as an amusing king to watch but also a prize for him to gain. So there's a lot going on there with all those three characters and that one conversation. Yeah, I, that was my favorite episode of the show. Like, it had nothing to do with the Grail. It was all about these awesome characters meeting and talking about their ideals. And then it ended in a sick action scene that was hype as fuck. And I was like, going to say, yeah, that 
that action scene had to do with the grail i mean it was like hey let's eliminate assassin and that technically well leads i mean more it, towards the plot point yeah yeah, it yeah like, but it wasn't even about that they're like assassin's the weakest one let's just kill him off real quick so we can get back to our drinks and yeah, that's I mean, all it was it, it, <laughs> i mean it had nothing to do with the grail in terms of like they weren't discussing necessarily what their wishes were for the grail or like they talked about it for like a brief instance but yeah. wider sidetracked it to like well, let's just talk about who we are and what it is we did there, and, there was like, what we believe there was no talking about the mechanics of the grail or anything like that i mean yes, yes. they eliminated the assassin but they don't really have anything to do with the grail itself is what i mean like i know it's like, yeah like he it, he asked like what would you wish for and that's as far as they go with it that's that's it yeah they and even that like about this while that is like what they do with the grail it's that's also like an exploration of their ideals like what would you wish for if you're a king that has everything you know um so yeah, that was that was my favorite episode. Of this Boats show. and hose. I want more everything. Cocaine and hookers. The moon. Um. <laughs> so, but not, but not actually. Overall, is Fate Zero a show you would recommend? Hell no. Well, hold on, Lobo. You said you watched the other the other Fates, right? Yes. Where does this one rank in terms of like the other? This one, one honestly, it's. It's one. This is like my number one of them all because one, the art is beautiful compared to the original, which is, this is, I watched the original and it was okay. I kind of liked it. The art irritated me though. And then they did a movie, which there's a confusing thing. The movie, if I recall, is called Unlimited Blade Works also. And it's the entire show, except they changed the ending. Huh. From, I think, half from the halfway point, they change it. So, like, there's a whole thing with the Berserker of that one. And, like, cool, we're going to change this up. This is what happens to the Berserker and the Master, and then this point on is all different. Well, this that... one... Go on. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, that sort of answers my question, I guess. Like, Would you recommend you... it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, if, if you are curious about the Fate series, and, you know, if you've watched... If you've been around anime for a while, you probably would have heard of this series. I think if this is the best one, then yeah, watch it because um, if, if, if this is a good one because if if you like it and you're interested in the rest of it, then you this is a great jumping off point because then if you just keep going forward and don't go back to the originals, you will enjoy it because I have heard nothing but good things about Apophrica and Grand Order. I watched a bit of both. And at the time, I was just like, ah, I'm not in the mood for this type of show. I do want to go back and watch them, though, because I have heard nothing but good things about them both, mm. especially Grand Order. Yeah, I think if you can get past, like, the first two episodes of, like, insane exposition, um, I think it was worth watching for me. I'm glad I watched it, like I said, um, but I don't think I'll continue with the series. Um, but I'm, yeah, I wouldn't mind recommending it. If you're like, if you want to know what this series is about, and it's nice to hear that this is like both a prequel, so it's like maybe a good place to start. I don't know if it really is for for the genre you're looking for. If if this fits those criteria, it's a good recommendation, in mm. my opinion. Frank, I I agree. Like it's it's a great show. I got really hooked into it when it first came out and it first aired. Rewatching it. I remember some of those hype moments and I was like, okay, I remember why I enjoyed this. I would, I would recommend it if someone specifically like saying, Hey, I want a little bit meatier of a fighting anime. Like I want like, um, uh, like dialogue and stuff and not always fighting. 
but I would like I'd I'd have to recommend it to someone I I already knew, not someone I'm just like, hey, you should watch Naruto, you should watch Fate Stay Night, you should watch Fate Zero, you should watch Macross Zero, you should watch Bakuman, and just like I wouldn't just throw it out there. Yes. I would use it kind of as a like a, hey, you've watched X Y Z, you should try this. If someone asked me, I want to watch Fate, where do I start? I would say watch this show. Yeah, but I wouldn't yeah. like if my friend asked me what do I watch next, I wouldn't like. They were just looking for a, a next anime to watch. I wouldn't say Fate Zero. Um, I would ex- I would wait for them to bring up Fate in general and then suggest this show because well, it's a lot. <laughs> well, speaking about next anime, uh, Element, did you want to pick the next one or did you want to use the voting like we did last time? Um, what did I suggest last time? Um, I don't remember for the the poll. Oh, um. Shingeki no Bahamut, the first season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, are you guys cool watching that? Sure. All right, so yep. there's there's two Shingeki no Bahamuts. Technically, they're, they're continuation, like season two is a continuation, but it's like a completely different set of characters. So I think it's like Shingeki no Bahamut, uh, Virgin something or other, is the second season. The first season is just Shingeki no Bahamut. You want the one with the guy with the afro? Yep. Uh, although he does show up in the second season. Um, oh, do, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. first, uh, but he's, first he's, episode, he hasn't... <laughs> he's he's not like a main character in the second season, is what I mean. But it is a continuation. But um, yeah, so the first season the first season is the one with the guy with the afro. Um, yeah. uh, Genesis? I think that's what it is. Yeah, Genesis that's is right. the first I'm season. I'm pretty okay. sure that's right. But yeah, I... I think am I other than Lobo and uh, Drew? Am I the only one that's seen it? Uh, I have not seen it. I I watched it when it aired. Yeah, I watched it back in college, so at least five years ago. Yeah, this is twenty fourteen, so that's when I watched it. Yeah, I think I watched Math. it a year after. Oh, something we forgot about Fate, real quick. Did you guys watch it dub or subbed? Subbed. Hmm. Oh, good. that's a good point. I actually looked up on YouTube because I was curious if. Uh, what um, Lance's voice would be in uh, in the dub, but it's just an American voice. It's kind of disappointing. I was hoping he'd have like a, an Irish voice. That'd be super sick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I watched it. I watched it. Dub. I watched it I, subbed. Yeah, I watched it while kind of working. Like I listened to it, but like any time there wasn't like I the thing I do for like anime if I'm watching while I'm working, I will listen to it and then if there's no dialogue I watch it because it's just like okay, something's <laughs> going on on the screen but like yeah I've seen it before and like I I definitely watched a majority of it though uh, but yeah I watched it dubbed yeah, I've I'm... seen it twice so I was like alright cool dubbed and I'm gonna do shit while I watch and that's what I did So yeah I, I wish I was more uh, willing to watch dubbed stuff because uh, this was 25 episodes and some of these episodes kind of dragged and when I, I only watch subs, so I have to put it on my main screen and watch it. I can't, like, off-screen subs because, you know, I can't read with my yeah. right eye only. So I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad the show was, like, 70% compelling enough for me to continue watching the whole way through um, because it's a real struggle when it's not, and it's the only thing I can do at a time because I don't watch dub, really. Um, I should really train myself to be okay with watching dub so I can, like, off-screen it while I play stuff. It's uh, better start to do with, it with uh, something you've already watched before, and just you've already familiar with it. So why not watch it in a different voice? The only that's dubs, what I did. The only dub I Sorry, can ever ahead. recommend is uh, Spice and Wolf. I think that is better than the sub. Yes, yes, it's so good. I love it. I Cowboy think. Beep up, I mean, 
I think I think it's great. I think I was talking with someone about this, but the reason why Cowboy Bebop is a good example as well. The reason why those shows are better or good dubbed compared to sub is there's no Japanese characters necessarily, so they're not like saying Midoriya in an American accent, which like I guess that's true. Breaks my uh my cringe meter. Um, it's like you know, Spice and Wolf is the main character's name is Lawrence, and Hollow is the other character, and they're in like a medieval European sort of facsimile society. So there's not like a lot of Japanese stuff that they need to talk about using an American accent. Um, Cowboy Bebop is probably the same, I expect. It's not necessarily like a Japanese show in yeah. terms of like Although where... the one Go... Japanese the one Japanese show that this, sorry we'll we'll end this here shortly. The one <laughs> Japanese show that I really like dubbed is actually Haikyuu. Like huh. that show is fucking great dubbed. I, I don't doubt that there's like good dubs of like Japanese shows as well. Um, I ju- I just prefer yeah, sub yeah. all the time. Yeah. I, I'm in the same boat, but recently I've been trying to give Dub a, you know, a listen. But give Dub a chance. College try. Give Dub a chance. Good old college try. Okay. But there are shows that I watch Dub and I'm just like, hell no. <laughs> so with that, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. We appreciate any and all feedback you have. As I said at the top, uh, please tweet us at Bakako Podcast or email us at Bakako Podcast at gmail.com. Shout out to some of our new listeners. I see we picked up a few people there in Singapore. And I want to thank everyone else uh, for choosing us there on SoundCloud. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. Find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, iTunes, wherever you find us. And we look forward to chatting with you next week. See you all then. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.